Welcome to the Be Still My Soul podcast. I'm Pastor Ray Brandon. We are in Unit 19, session number five of the Gospel Project, working through day three uh, from Luke chapter two, verses 39 through 47. And I hope you do study that passage. Uh, We've got a little bit to cover today because we're going to continue the discussion from yesterday about Romans chapter 13. When is it that Uh, we should defy government. We saw that Jesus goes down to Egypt and he comes back. They're not permitted to go to Galilee. He resides in Nazareth. Multiple uh, prophecies are fulfilled. And and we saw the imagery there of uh, the fact that Moses also, the people of Israel, went down to Egypt. Moses was born. He was born at a very distressful time, but he ends up um, coming out of Egypt of Egypt to lead God's people in the Exodus. And Jesus is responsible for a spiritual Exodus. He's one that is greater than Moses. And so we see this imagery repeating. And it it took us to Exodus chapter 1, where the... Uh, the midwives defy the order of Herod to kill the newborn baby boys. In fact, um, they save them, and uh, and that's that's how Moses um, is saved and and gets put into a a basket and floated on the Nile River and is discovered on the Nile River. And so the question came up because we have these same um, issues today in many different ways. When is it that we should do what government says, and, and when do we defy that? Uh, Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter um, uh, thirteen seems to be um, just straightforward. Let everyone be subject to governing authorities. Uh, but yet the midwives in Exodus chapter one they are blessed and their families increase. God's blessing is upon them. So when is this? Well. Um, we we have three particular views, three particular views. So I want to lay those out very, very briefly. Um, so when it comes to uh, civil government in the church, there's one view that says they're separate. So civil government in the church are absolutely separate. The civil government has no intervening, no authority over the church at all. So when the church holds worship services, they might advise certain things as a civil government, but they cannot command, right? So it's not just the separation of church and state is a line. There's a chasm. And that's the first view. Um, That's the first view. The second position is there are times, there are overlapping times where the, the civil government has genuine authority, such as in the case of an emergency. And it can command the church to do certain things or refrain from certain things. Um, so when the church complies with the civil government during these times, it's obedience. It's it's not just they happen to agree or all wisdom moves in that direction. Um, at the very same time, we understand that there is no human authority that is absolute, including the church and especially the church, that we go back and you can look at the establishment of the three types of government, and we'll get to that in a moment, and all have been corrupted because of sinful humanity. So there's There's no government that has complete authority, that has complete authority. So when the civil magistrate is um, abusing authority or mishandling authority to where it's now not legitimate, it is legitimate to disregard what the civil magistrate, the civil government is saying. So then there's a third position, 
The third position is simply to take a surface reading of Romans chapter 13, just straightforward and absolute. It says, let every person be subject to governing authorities. That is what you do. Absolutely. Whatever they say, that's what you're supposed to do. So you, you, the first one is totally separate. There's a chasm. There, the second is there's points of overlap at times, but we understand that authority in both areas, church and state and civil government, um, are not absolute. The third position is whatever the civil government says, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, so those are the three types of views. Now, depending on which view you take, um, you will respond to Scripture differently. So what does the Bible say about government? Well, there's three basic governments that have their existence directly from the hand of God, and that's very important. So we don't have, when we talk about government, we don't talk about just one government, but rather there are three governments and they have their existence directly from the hand of God. So the first government, the first of the three is the church. And we can see that in Ephesians chapter two, verse 20, that, that God from his very hand establishes the government of the church. The second is civil government, and we see that in Romans chapter 13, that God himself establishes that civil government. That civil government is the servant of God. And then third, the government of the family. There's the government of the family. We see that in Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. So all three are established directly from God. However, all three are dependent for their health on the, the underlying reality of self-government in all the individuals involved. Um, so none of them are autonomous. Um, none of them rule directly over the other, and all are dependent for their health on those that are in the, the government, whatever government it is, um, for health. So these three particular governments have to be distinguished from other kinds of human institutions. So um, the, the PTO, right, or the PTA, Right, that that is very different than the family, the the PTA or the Corvette Club or your bowling league. Um, all of those are human institutions, and they are very very different. They're man made. Um, they are not um, created by God. Um, the Corvette Club does not answer to God; it answers to men. However, the church, the state, and the family they answer directly to God. He created them. And he makes the rules for them, and he assigns particular responsibilities. So in normal times, what we understand um, that the Bible says that each of these governments has particular responsibilities. So you can read in Romans chapter 13 that, that the civil government has the responsibility of justice and protection. So justice and protection. It it punishes evildoers. That's the main responsibility of civil government, to punish those who do evil. The family is responsible for health, education, that includes vocational education as well as spiritual education, and welfare. And welfare. So the care of community, the care of one another, that it is the family, that is the primary 
uh, government that's responsible for health, education, and welfare. And it is the church, and the church's primary responsibility is the Word of God preached. So it is the ministry of the Word, and it is the distribution of the elements of grace. So the elements of communion and baptism, uh, that the worship of God continues in word and sacrament. That is what the church is responsible for. Now, each of these governments, each of these three have an overlap. They overlap. Um, They don't sit directly on top of each other. Um, But rather, God has established in Scripture boundaries for for these governments. So, for example, in the medieval period, the church had an outsized role. It it went um, outside of its boundaries. There have been times in history that the family has had an outsized role. And right now, we're at a place where the modern state, that faceless bureaucrats, have an outsized role. And, and so there's, um, this, this shows up and gives evidence, um, throughout history in, in various times, the church, the family, or the state, um, we see it through, through power grabs or a gradual encroachment of one government on another. Um, but these governments need to be thought of as a Venn diagram. So circles that overlap. And when a particular decision has to be made in that overlap, Um, It's not a matter of discussion as to who rules in that area of overlap. Um, It's it's rather that one side needs to simply step aside and give way. So in a civil emergency, what should happen? The church should give way. However, in a in a a moral showdown, when declaring what is what is morally right, um, is it the civil government's responsibility to declare what is morally right. No, it is it is the role and responsibility of the church. So the civil government should give way. Um, so we have these three different views, these three different kinds of government and overlapping in three different ways. Now there's more to this, but we will um, reserve that for tomorrow. So we'll continue um, with the Be Still My Soul podcast, looking at Romans chapter 13 and day four tomorrow. Until then, God bless. All set.